As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And today we're finishing up what I'm calling, well, it looks like it's going to be Film Effect Timber this year. As it looks oh, like it's going to okay. be out in September this time. But please welcome from the Film Effect Podcast, the main host, Ed. Hey, hey, how we doing, everybody? Well, we're good on my side. Hope everyone else is doing well. You're finishing it up this year instead of kicking it off, but... For everyone out there that doesn't know, tell everybody what the Film Effect's all about. Well, the Film Effect podcast is pretty easy. Every week we do a different deep dive on a different film. Uh, we really go into it, uh, full deep dive on everything from the plot for a scene to the last. Everything we do categories to keep the conversation going after we're done talking about the film itself. Like I said, every week we pick a different movie and we give it the full effect deep dive for our Film Effect archive. All right, so let's go back. Was it 1981? Is that what we're, is that That's the right. year of this? That's correct. We'll talk about Michael Mann's Thief. I got a prop. I want my money. You get paid what I say. You do what I say. You don't know from one day to the next whether you're going to be killed, go home, or get busted. I am the last guy you want to mess with. James Conn, Thief, Rated R. Alright, Ed, so tell me, when did you first see Thief? Uh, the pandemic, uh, a few years ago. This was a film that was, this completely went under my radar. I've been a Michael Mann film for as long as I can remember. Re- remember. I mean, I, I, I saw Heat back when it first came out, and that was around the time that I got into that guy like ever since i saw heat i was just blown away by everything that he did every all of his achievements as a filmmaker and so this movie his first film at that just like i said i just completely went unnoticed by me for the longest time and then fast forward a few years ago pandemic we're all you know shacked up in our homes and criterion has their annual sale half off every july I think they have it every November too. It's twice a year, and uh, that July, I they happened to have it on Criterion Blu-ray, Thief. So I picked it up for twenty bucks, and it was a blind buy. Brought it home, fell in love with it. It was a beautiful, fantastic five-star movie that the, from the first viewing onward. One of my favorites. It's an instant classic by definition. I remember showing it to Sean. He was blown away by it. He had never seen the film either. And it's it's a film so nice that we've covered it twice on the film film effect. So I love it so much. Okay, yeah, I think I caught it last year. I think was the first time because mm-hmm. it's one I'd heard about in the past few years, and I was like, "Well, it's time to finally catch up on this." And then, of course, I did the rewatch. So, for anyone that's unfamiliar, tell everyone what Thief is about. Thief has got a very simple plot. You've got Jimmy Khan as a thief. And he has a pretty 
small tight cap, uh, so, like a, a real tight shit. It was just him and uh, Jim Belushi, and I believe his first role. And they pull off these heists, they get paid, and they move on to the next. And he lives a very uh, lucrative life. You know, he, he owns a uh, dealership. He's got a couple of businesses that front for you know the, the money laundering for his uh his you know actual career. And the movie is real simple. He's ready to retire. He's ready to lay down. He's met somebody. He's fallen in love. And he's ready to call it a career. And he runs into Robert Prosky's Leo, who sets him up with one last job. And it will set him off with a pay that will, you know, take care of him for the rest of his life. Does the job, doesn't get paid. And he's wrangled back into the shady side of things what he wanted you know it's it's like the old saying once you know i'm out they pull me back in it's 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 just like that i know i butchered the saying from godfather 3 but you know you know what i meant listeners and so it's it's just a story of a, a man trying to get out of the game but he just keeps on getting right you know pulled back into it so yeah and i'll say if you want that as i said he's got it twice over there you want the full film effect treatment head over there and listen to their not one but two episodes on it i'm guessing you did it solo by yourself and then had uh one of the guests no, the first episode the first uh the first time we did it was it was me and sean okay and then we i did it with Corey the second time so it's okay. it, it's it that we've done the deep dive everything we've given it the full effect treatment the film effect treatment twice so there you go, because obviously we don't go into the big details here. Yes. So what is it that made you want to talk about this one this time around? It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, right away, as soon as I you know hit stop, I was like, "This is one of my favorite movies." I literally said those words, and it is. It's it's one of my. It's it's definitely a top five favorite for me. And so you know we're going down the list of all my favorites. Okay. Here's another one. <laughs> We talked about planes, trains. We talked about Return of the Living Dead, and now we're talking about Thief, right? Oh no, you did not bring planes, train. I keep thinking you're going to bring it. And you have mm. not brought that one. We started. Oh, with- that's still open. Yeah. It's someone, Josh. Stop. I, that's I, like my. That is my favorite movie. Period. And we, I thought it's been covered. Nope. I think because I, I'm trying to remember why you picked Return the first year. Last year specifically, because I wanted to talk to you about Blair Witch. I remember that. That's because right. Because of your Blair Witch, being in, That's right. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, of my local ties to it. Yes, exactly. And I wanted to hear those stories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, every time I'm like, is he going to pick Planes Train? I'm not going to throw it out there. I'm just going to let you pick it. But, yeah, it's open. It's available. I wonder what the next one's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe by then you'll forget again. And I don't know. Maybe I'll have to. No, someone's going to hear this episode and pick that out of spite. <laughs> that could happen too <laughs> i know it I'd always i always go is this gonna be the time he picks it because no one else has but yeah all right so let's now get into the fun stuff yes and that is if this movie had gotten a sequel back in the 80s or current day however you want to take that the modern day how would you go about that what would you have liked to have seen jimmy Kahn moving out west to LA, something like that, uh, maybe Vegas, and somehow his past catching up to him. Because at the end of the movie, it's kind of left 
kind of left ambiguous as to whether or not you know he's dead or not. It's kind of like it. Drive two. 2011's Drive and this movie have a lot in common, I feel, and the ending and the vagueness of as to whether or not the lead character is, you know, alive or and well or not. It's 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 vague, and that's in. So in the sequel, obviously, I would just see him go out west, and something or another would come back to haunt him, and he'd have to get back in the game, you know, just the way old Frankie Boy knows how. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. I mean, what else can you do? You know, <laughs> you're, you know, you're right, and that that becomes the issue with a lot of these. Sometimes they're kind of easy, and sometimes the movies are perfect as are and don't need anything to embellish upon. But mm-hmm. that's the fun of the episodes. I do. Yes. All right. So now we get into what could realistically happen, and that would be the modern day remake, and who would play some of these roles. I came prepared for answers this time. So, all right, Frank, obviously, I I went not too young, but not too old. Someone who's really, you know, really good looking, obviously. Someone who you would least expect to play the leading man. Someone who I think in real life has a lot of style. Not going to lie, I look up to him in, in, a, in a couple of ways uh, for fashion tips. But uh, Justin Thoreau. Dude, that man can rock style like nobody's business. And if there's anyone that can rock the style and who has the acting chops like old Jimmy Khan did, then I think it would be thorough. I, I think um, he's an underrated actor. So he's he's one of the first people I thought about um, when thinking about uh, potential people or candidates to play Frank in a hypothetical remake. And then Jesse, I would I, I went along the lines of uh, like Shailene Woodley, someone who's very beautiful and young and has the same sense of innocence as Tuesday Well did in in, in the you know in this film eighty one Steve, and then when it comes to wearing the same shoes as Robert Prosky, Leo, who's the villain? Who did I go to at the play Leo in this movie? Pacino. It's got to be someone who's up there in age, someone who knows who can hang, who has, who can deliver the dialogue. Someone, I mean, he's someone who has past ties with Michael Mann in more than one film. So that's obviously um, where I would go as far as the, the villain goes. Plus, you know, we've seen Pacino as a villain so many times before in the past, and he, he can do it. So he's a man who can play all kinds of roles as we've seen over the last several decades. So yeah, those are my top, those are my three recasting, um, you know, choices. So, and that would be an interesting dynamic in the sense you brought up Godfather three, the whole, (laughs) just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in and now he's the one pulling him back in. He'd be on the other side. There you go. (laughs) And you think about that. There you go. So yeah, that would play out. Interestingly. Yeah, it was it was weird for me watching this because Robert Prosky is someone I knew from Doubtfire and Last Action Hero. Doubtfire, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But I was gonna say Doubtfire. Everyone remembers him as the 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 president, TV manager, manager, yeah, yeah. whatever he was, yeah, the owner of the company who's at the rival dinners at the end with uh, Robin Williams. So seeing him in this role was a very different turn for him. Mm -hmm. First role too. Wow, really. Yeah, he started late. He did start late. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Michael Mann found him. Yep. All right, Ed. Here's what I want you to do. 
And let's give that final pitch on why someone should take a chance and watch Thief if they haven't already. Or maybe they should revisit it, as I know you're known to do. All right, so my final pitch for 1981's Thief goes like this. Michael Mann's a filmmaker who has given us such films as Heat, The Insider, Ali, Manhunter, Public Enemies, Collateral, The Last of Mohicans. If you want to see where it all started, look no further than this film. He's such a raw, grounded filmmaker who lets James Caan be the playboy criminal that he is, full of swag. Collection of first-time contributions in writer-director Michael Mann, cinematographer Donald Thorne, the actors William Peterson, Robert Prosky, James Belushi, John Santucci, and Dennis Farina. A ticking time bomb when you think about it. This shouldn't have worked, but oh, it did. Mann wears his love for Chicago on his sleeve and really displays a gorgeously shot motion picture that takes a traditional story of a big-time crook trying to go straight and turns it into one of the best, most authentic neo-noirs ever made. One that took a lot of time and dedication to the art of stealing in order to make. They they use actual props, actual tools to film heists, and man casts a lot of ex-criminals and real cops in various roles. And with it being set in Chicago... He's got Tangerine Dream providing the score as opposed to what you'd expect from like a, a blues type um, setting or a score. Their beautiful atmospheric synth score. It's it's just so, it's it's it just really pulls you into the film and, and, and keeps you there, you know? Thief is the real deal. It's a love letter to crime movies from the 40s, 50s, and so on. And not only that, but it keeps you engaged for the duration of the movie. I, I guess you could say there's a little bit of something for everyone in Michael Mann's Thief. Hopefully you check it out for yourself after hearing this episode. And if you do, then check out one or both of our Thief episodes over at the Film Effect Podcast, where we've got plenty of more to say about the film. And not only that, but we have two informative and engaging scene-by-scene -scene deep dives that feature different co-hosts and perspectives of the film. So there you go. Thief, check it out. All right, Ed, I think that's going to wrap this one up unless you have anything else you want to say before we get out of here. You know, I keep oh. it short and simple on this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I knew that going into it. That's why I didn't really have too many notes on here. But it's... Like I said, everything about this, um, I, I've already shot out. So it's it's Thief, guys. Check it out. Yeah, and head so over to the film effect. Have, check their episode our episodes. Out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right, Ed, tell everybody where they can find those episodes, where they can find you online, all that good stuff. All right. First and foremost, you can find this on pretty much every single podcast platform at the Film Effect Podcast. Every Tuesday, we have a new episode drop. Don't ask me what time. It'll happen eventually at some point of the day. Find us on Twitter or X, whatever it's called these days, by the time this episode drops, at Film Effect Pod. And then everywhere else, Facebook. Um, uh, we don't really use too many of uh, the Instagrams and stuff like that. But everywhere else, we're at the Film Effect Podcast or at Film Effect Pod. Um or the filmeffectpodcast.com's website. You, you can head there and listen to our episodes. Right now, we're at 150. So, you know, and going. We're reaching 200 episodes, slowly but surely. 
Nice, nice. Now, as always, you can follow the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter. You can also just go to linktr.ee slash YNF Movie Pod. It'll have the YouTube channel. It'll have my personal letterbox. So you can see what I'm watching that's not being covered on the show. And come back next week as Anthony Brownlee returns to the show and we'll be talking about Tales from the Hood. So until then, nice. <laughs> you guys take care and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>